The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, yes, today our show is about a wonderful story, and the story is called Flash song, and we have a wonderful guest with us coming to us from the East Coast. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Kay Faltz is a writer and best-selling author of Lauren's Story, An American Dog in Paris. Also, The Beagle, a TFH publication, and Flash's Song, How One Small Dog Turned Into One Big Miracle. Kay has been published in English, German, and French, including work in The Missing Piece, The Hidden Power of Our Kinship with Animals, Etude Britannique, Contemporaine, I think I said that right, uh, Bark Magazine, and Bernie Siegel. We love Bernie Siegel. Bernie Siegel's A Book of Miracles. She's a contributing editor for La Joy, uh, of, is, I think it's La Joy, and writes a monthly wine column for Blue Ridge Life. Kay donates partial profits from her books to animal welfare organizations. And she's coming to us from beautiful Virginia, where many years ago I used to live in Charlottesville. So I'm just so thrilled to have you join us, Kay. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. It's great to be on the show, Maury. Yes, you know, animals teach us so much. And I just, when I saw the um, radio TV interview magazine about heartwarming stories about dogs, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm such a dog lover myself. And they do bring great miracles, don't they? They're just uh, incredible animals. They do, and I'm so glad you mentioned Bernie Siegel's book just then because it was actually a story in that latest book of his that got this book, Flash's Song, the, um, the entire book length published. His, I write for that little Le Joie. It is a magazine about animals and all the... It's a, a lot about the miracles they bring us. And Bernie saw the article I wrote, and he asked if I'd contribute to his book, the, the Book of Miracles, and I did. And so this little, the little story of Flash became the book length. Yeah. Um, just, just incredible. So tell us about Flash. Flash was my miniature dachshund. He was a black and tan. He was a 10-pound dachshund. And it was in his... 12th year of life that he started getting back problems, as a lot of dachshunds do, and I thought it was a disc. And I treated him for that. He kept going to the vet. But it was when I took him to have back surgery for this disc that we discovered, in fact, it was a tumor growing on his spine. 
so you can imagine there's not a lot worse news you can receive. And um, the problem was that they said nothing really could be done about it, not chemo, not radiation, and I'm not sure I would have gone that route because I'd done that with my first dog, Lauren. And they gave him two, three weeks to live. Mm. Yeah, it was devastating on many levels, and um, he was only 13 then, and um, that's the crux of the book. That's the story, and it's I, certainly I go through my emotions and how he was feeling, but then we decided that this death sentence was not going to be our future, and the book is about how I was able to tap into the power of miracles, which is something that everybody can do and probably something that everybody does every day. It's very simple, and um, that's what we did. Yeah, you know, I, I have to relate a lot to this story because our dog, um, our previous dog, Rado, a golden retriever, uh, had um, contracted hemangiosarcoma, which is a death sentence for for dogs, uh, especially goldens. They happen to get hemangiosarcoma. It's a blood cancer. And when we found out, I mean, he'd been really healthy his whole life. I know he was 11 years old, and we just started to notice he wasn't feeling well, he wasn't eating, we wasn't doing anything. Long story short, they said, well, you know, you could try chemo, but it doesn't really work very well. And you could, if you try it, maybe it'll give him, um, he had had like a, a lump, a subcutaneous lump. So we took out the lump and, that, and that's when they tested it. And they said, oh, you know, it could be in his spleen, it could be in his heart, it could be anywhere. So we decided to try some chemo and it just really made him terribly sick. And um, And they said, well, you know, we don't know how long, but it's not going to be, you know, if you give them a few more months, that's it at most. And um, I started all this healing Reiki on him and doing all sorts of things on him. And believe it or not, um, he lived another three and a half years. And my oncologist for my dog asked me, well, he's a miracle dog. He's a miracle dog. And uh, what is your protocol? And I said, well, my protocol is to, you know, do right on him all the time and to tell him he's healthy and to do all these things and eat healthy and give him lots of good supplements. And um, he made it for another three and a half, you know, three and a half years, which was he did die at 11. So I guess he got it at eight. But um, I can really relate. And, and all the doctors were saying he's a miracle dog. He's a miracle dog. And there is some incredible power with dogs, isn't there? How they have such a, in, in, a different way of of living, and the 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 desire to really live quite a bit for us. Wouldn't you say that as well? Yes, I would, and it certainly. And that's a beautiful story, Maury, because I think there are so many animals out there, dogs, you know, cats, a lot of animals that the doctors do give them this sort of death sentence, and then they go on, and it's doing things exactly like you did, and I did a lot of those sorts of things too, but the Reiki is wonderful. But you said something that to me is so important, and it's just it's this, the healing energy. First of all, their animals are so emotional, perhaps more so than we are, and they know what we're thinking, and if we give up on them, then they know. Um, so I think that positive attitude is, is huge. That's a, it's a big thing. And there are a lot of vets are changing their tune, and they're going into more holistic methods of healing and alternative methods. 
if chemo works and it, it does the trick, and it certainly does sometimes, I'm all for it, but it is very toxic. So, you know, it's, it's always going to be an individual matter with each animal. Yeah. But I would certainly, I list a lot of pretty far out um, remedies and modes of healing in the book, and, you know, I just want to open people's minds and mostly open their hearts, like you said, and you just love on them. And that in itself, that's what Bernie Siegel talks a lot about, um, maybe foregoing the chemo and, and laughing or, you know, anything yes. like that. And we do, we can tap into the miracles that way. Yes. And Bernie Siegel, I've read many of his books. I remember one of his first books, Love, Medicine, and Miracles. Mm -hmm. And he talks about miracles. And, you know, you talk about miracles, that each of us can have miracles in our lives. And um, I love what uh, Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian, said. He said about your book, he said, this is a, a beautiful memoir with insights into dogs, love, and um, intangible connection to all life that will keep you turning the pages and lift your heart. I think people who are dog lovers get it, don't they? They just, they understand that there's some incredible connection. What, let's talk a little bit about that connection and about that, that uh, healing power of the connection between humans and dogs. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, yes. And, and I think you mentioned dog lovers or animal lovers of any kind, but it's one thing, it's caring for another being. It's sort of getting outside of ourselves and away from our ego and maybe our minds. And you, when you care for another, you're caring for another with your heart mostly. But, yes, I think, um, you know, they've done studies in, with pet therapy in nursing homes and um, with abused children and in prisons, the shelter where I walk out dogs and volunteer, they have a wonderful program with seeing eye dogs in prisons. And um, I, I took Flash to a nursing home, and he did pet therapy. Now, keep in mind that he's a little smooth-coated dachshund. He was, and um, he's pretty small. And so I let him loose in the halls of the nursing home, and he was running along, and, and one nurse thought that he was a rat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But, yeah. But then... Um, he would sit up on the lap of this one woman who had pretty much lost her mind, and she thought that Flash was her long-lost cat. Mm. It didn't matter. You know, she would stroke him, and they've done studies that lowers blood pressure and all that good stuff. But we who have animals, we don't really need the proof. We just we know in our hearts that they help us. And I think that dogs often see in us what we're unable to see. They see the best in us. In my uh, restaurant, I have a wine shop, and it's dog friendly despite the health inspector i have a bumper sticker <laughs> and it reads lord help me to be the person my dog thinks i am <laughs> it's meant to be funny but see the the funny thing is i really strive for that i think that we all want the respect of others but the older i get the less i care about what people think of me i do however very much desire the respect of my dogs and mm. I, I think that people rarely see the full picture but dogs do i think the biggest thing they teach us is love you know, yes. Both how to receive it and how to give it. And they, they certainly help us to be present, to slow down, because they live entirely in the present. And that's when the magic begins to happen, when we stop and when we become still. Yes, yes. And, you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, the, the, uh, the, the being present, it's so easy in our fast 
fast-paced life to to not be present and when I get up early in the morning with my dog and he snuggles with me, I'm just there, you know, with this with this big, you know, golden puppy that's 66 pounds. You know, I'm just like holding on to this dog and I just, I'm petting and I'm just really in that present, in that very present moment, which it's hard to do in a busy day, but it really does make a tremendous difference. Now, you know, when um, I, I thought it, when you... When we talk about our dogs and how they are, they give us unconditional love. You know, you were talking about, yeah, you know, we don't really get that from people very often, but a dog will love us unconditionally. And um, I had a, a previous golden retriever, Eros, and um, I was going through a very difficult time in my life, and he contracted lymphosarcoma. That was the dog before Rado. And, um, I really believed in my heart that the dog had contracted it instead of me. And uh, he took it on for me. I had this very strong feeling. And believe it or not, I was able to cure him from that. And as I did, it kind of cured me to like do all these things like Reiki on him and, and get centered and really kind of pray with him and do all these things. That at that same time that I was healing him, and and he never got it back. He lived to be thirteen. He never got it back. He got it at eight, and never got it back. And I feel like he took it on for me and worked with me, so we both healed at the same time. It was just pretty amazing to me. That's beautiful. I think you're absolutely right. I've seen so many stories where the dogs do tend to take on the person's either physical ailments or emotional tics, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then the other thing you say is the fact that you can heal it, you know, tapping into the miracles again. I have to say, when I wrote Flash's song, I really hesitated with that word miracle just because it's been co-opted and, and sort of taken to mean other things. But it's what we're talking about. And I think you really have to know in your heart that it's going to happen, that you're going, that it's going to come true, whether it's you're trying to heal your dog or your child or your parent. And I believe you can do it, like you you did with Eros. Yes, Eros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see that all the time, the animal taking on the human personality or the illness. And part, I know it's true. You know, I don't think they're just here for us. That becomes a little too egocentric, but they're so good, and they, they are here to help us and guide us. I've, I've seen that too often, not to, to know it's true. Yes. So uh, tell us, what, what were you thinking when you wrote this book? Did, how did you want your, your book audience to, what did you want them to get out of the book? Well, I think we write to share, certainly. Um, I write because I love to write, and Flash was alive when I was writing a lot of it, and I was just keeping a log. I have funny little notes at the end of the manuscript where, oh, he's, he's just walked up the stairs, and, you know, they didn't think he could, he'd be able to do that at all. And these were momentous little events that happened for me, which if I put it down in print, it's, it's going to lose it because we all have our individual moments and things that are important and touch our hearts, but when shared, sometimes it doesn't come across that way. So I had to stick with the really the important parts, and then when I realized he, he would die, I wanted to write about that too, to show that death isn't the end. Death may be the opposite of life, 
um, I mean, of birth, but it's not the opposite of life. And so um, I didn't want to be afraid of writing about his death. In fact, I wanted to honor it. But when I wrote the book, it was just, one, it was for me, it was for him, it was a creative endeavor, but I wanted to put down these modes of healing, I guess, um, like you experience, like so many people, more and more people are experiencing, but for those who are just tuned into what the conventional vets say, sometimes it's absolutely necessary, and I'm, I'm certainly all for it, but there are other options. There's so many options out there, and we can heal. So a lot of me was thinking about that in the back of my mind. Um, let me present his story. And there were dogs and other animals who lived far longer than he did with mm. he other like yours, mm-hmm. um, Radar. And um, I think people need to know about this. So and, how does this book give people who are reading this, you know, a... Um, how can how can it help someone who is in needing of a miracle? Maybe right now, who's listening to us? I, I would say, first of all, what the question you ask? Um, yes, I'd like to ask people reading it, people listening. Have you ever really wanted something quite badly? Have you ever really needed a miracle? And then we, most of us, will say yes, no matter what it is. And then the answer to that is that you can have it. Um, as long as it doesn't harm somebody else, when it comes from the heart. And I think we all know in our hearts, um, we can tell the difference between when we're, something is in our mind and when it comes to our hearts. I knew the moment that he was going to live beyond what they said, and then having the book published was a bit of a miracle in itself. I knew that moment, too. And... It's hard to talk about because I think these moments, these happenings are beyond words, but it is a knowing, and I bet everybody listening has had a moment like that, however small, and it has to do with the small things in life, like you're standing in your living room or you're outside and your mind just stops and you simply observe. So that, that stick, it's easy with the natural world if it's a flower or the grass or the trees, we can tap into that state of miracles, but then it's this appreciation for everything. If it's a stick lying on the ground, or I've even practiced with a plastic bag of trash. <laughs> but um, what I do in Flash's song is just show people how they can tap into this state, and it's a true story, so I'm presenting my story. And I've had so many people email me and say, and this is going to sound odd, and I thought it was odd at the beginning, but they say that more than one person has said I've helped to show them how to be good. Not that anybody emailing me was ever a bad person, but it's good goodness in the old-fashioned sense. And in some ways, my book is very old-fashioned. Um, it's getting back to the simpler things, the basics in life, and just really slowing down. And I think it makes people feel good. It's it's very it's a quiet book. It's subtle, but it does. I do talk about the miracles. Yes, and you talk about uh, a Christmas miracle. Can you tell us that without giving away the whole story? Well, uh, Flash was diagnosed with the tumor growing on his spine on November second, and given two weeks, three weeks at the very most. And I wanted him to see Thanksgiving and then my birthday, which is in December, and Christmas. I just, I've always loved Christmas, and um, 
found it to be magical, not the commercialism, but um, the lights and the natural aspects. I really wanted him to be there with me on that holiday, and you can probably guess that he was. I don't think I'll give too much away because there's more of the book after that. Right, right. So he probably knew that, you know, sometimes they hang on. I think people do the same thing. I remember when my sister was um, was dying, she had gotten a spider bite, believe it or not, and um, and it caused septicemia, and we were all around her, and my sister hung on and hung on and hung on until her husband finally told her that it was okay to go. So I think that people as well as our animals, our loved ones, um, will will stay on for us and stay on until it's a good time for the whole family if they possibly can. Absolutely. I see that too. And I think too, in addition to staying on for us and being there for us, particularly the animals who are so there for us, um, there's a tremendous will to live. I'm so grateful that we have euthanasia with our animals because I think it's important to put an animal out of his or her suffering. But I also think that sometimes we can use that. People, you know, if the dog becomes incontinent or becomes too old and there's a new baby in the house or a new puppy, then euthanasia comes into play. And there is a tremendous will to live for most animals. So, again, it's individual. Yes. It's an individual decision. And when our uh, Rado was so sick at the end, you know, I wanted to make it at a time when it was like just what you're talking about, it that it was a time that he felt it was time. And we had heard about this incredible animal communicator from Colorado who had literally found uh, one of our friend's dogs that was uh, lost out in um, in the Colorado mountains with mountain lions and everything. And she'd, she pinpointed where to find this dog. And so our friends gave, you know, our friends who had lived in California had moved to Colorado. They told us his story. And I decided to call this animal communicator to help me to know about if, if what Rado wanted us to do, if he wanted us to help him to pass, to make his transition or to stay or what he wanted. We wanted to honor him. And um, I felt in my heart that he still wanted to stay, but I, I wanted to make sure, and so we called this animal communicator, and she said that he was telling us that he wanted to enjoy every last drop of life, but if it was too much for us, that it was okay, he was ready to go. And um, so we decided that we would do everything that we could. We, we did another spleen operation. We did a spleen operation because we found out it was in his spleen, so we did. And, um, and, and so he bounced back again, but two weeks later, I mean, he was, he was doing really well, go to the park, happy, tail wagging, all that good stuff. And then up until the day before he died, he was at the park trying to having fun. And then that next morning he woke up and he couldn't hold it together anymore. And then we knew. But, um, but he, I felt in my own heart, like I knew he wanted to get every drop of life out of him. And that's what she said. And that's what we honored. But it was, um, you know, like, you know, because you know, your animal so well, you're so connected psychically, but I just want, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I was reading it right. And, um, so that's what she told me. And that's, that's what he did. He literally enjoyed every moment and tried to get every, to the very last drop, so to speak. 
And, um, and so that kind of taught me about, about just being in the moment and enjoying each moment because you never know when it's your time, right? Right. That's beautiful. I, I love that you were able to be so clear with him too, because they do always say, you'll know when it's time. And usually you do, but there are some times when it's really hard, but I've, I felt that with my first dog, what you experienced with him. If, if you stop worrying about those two silly days, yesterday and tomorrow, then you can handle everything that's going on. And sometimes those last stages with our animals, when we know we're going to have to put them down, but we're still with them, there's this sacredness that comes into play. And you, you feel so alive. And so I, I remember... With Lauren, my first dog, um, she's the love of my life um, until Flash and the others came along. They're all the loves of your life. Right. But I can remember just being in that really pure place, and it, and it is a sort of sacredness. And I wasn't afraid. I wasn't scared. Then I think when the animal dies and you lose your companion, you know, your love, um, then the fear comes and then the thoughts come. But while you're in it, while you're living in the moment with them and taking them to the dog park, like you said, it's just so beautiful. And that's one thing they can teach us and do teach us. And that sense of presentness is so important. Also, the animal communicators, I think that's a tremendous help because, like you say, yes, we, we are connected. We know our animals better than anybody, but sometimes we can... It, it gets blurred when we want something really badly and we're just not sure. And talking to somebody like that can really help. Yeah, I and felt uh, kind of validated, Yeah, you know, that, that I was thinking the right thing. And because, you know, I was so afraid he was in a lot of pain, you know. Right. And that's one of the questions I asked. I said, is he in tremendous pain? And she said that he said he was in pain, but the pain... Um, it, it, it was more important to be here than the pain, and he could he could live with it. Amazing. And so, you know, that was the thing. I didn't want to um, torture him. You right. know what I mean? Because when my mother was dying, and um, I wouldn't let her go, and the doctors finally said, "You're torturing her." Then, then I felt terrible. Oh. You know, so um, I just, you know, like you really want to make the right decisions and honor them as as beings, right? But yeah. at the at the same time, you don't want to do something that's a selfish thing for yourself. So it's that it's that balance um, about they teach us so much, don't they? I remember when when uh, Rado was dying and he died, you know, um, a, a year ago this April, you know, just a year ago, and I remember putting pictures of a hip on Facebook and sharing with my friends what I was going through about learning the power of unconditional love, learning to, to live in the moment, exactly like you're talking about. It was all these aha moments about how much he was teaching me. And, um, and I think that's kind of like where you are, huh? Yes, and I think, too, they can certainly teach us. I mean, they, I think they view death and dying differently, like him wanting to be there for you. It's, it's suffering that I don't ever want to put them through. I think, once again, death is not the problem, but suffering is. And then you get into things like factory farming, and I won't go there with you on the air. But um, 
it does raise a lot of issues. But I think for them, that death is just part of the journey. Yes. And they're much more accepting of it than we are. It's a natural process. Well, we humans dwell so much on death in the form of trying to stay healthy and eating all the latest foods and so on. But for them, it's just it's more about accepting life when you're in it, being in the present moment, and all the, the little things like a stream of fresh water or sitting out in the sun, the breeze on their coats. It's just it's very simple. And love. I think love is so important for animals. Yes, and th- and this is a beautiful book, uh, Flash's Song, and we've been speaking today with with uh, our wonderful author of Flash's Song, Kay um, Fultz, and um, she's just uh, she's just been doing a great job here and helping us to understand the power of love and forgiveness. Kay Fultz has written this book, Flash's Song, and so you want to just give uh, your website, and then it's time to go. Okay, and my website is kfaults.com. It's my name, K-A-Y, and then P, to like, P like Peter, F like Frank, A-L, T like Tom, Z like Zebra.com. Well, thank you so much, and, and you just enjoy your pets now, and we will do so too. And thanks for the wonderful connection. Thank you, Maury. Great talking to you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. for Prescriptions for Healing Conflict and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thank you. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.